I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest is Melissa St. John, the CEO of Relocation Strategies, a complete solution for interior commercial environments that includes space planning, interior design, project move management, furniture design, inventory and procurement, focusing on renovations, relocations, and reconfigurations. Since purchasing the company in 2007, after being a part of the team for three years, the company's grown over 1,000% and has a team of experts working with global organizations. Heavily involved in the community, Melissa serves on boards including the Indiana State and the Indianapolis Chambers, as well as the Indiana Conference for Women. She enjoys building relationships clearly and helping women grow their businesses. I've been so fortunate to see that firsthand. Melissa has a heart for service, and right now, she and her team are working diligently to help clients identify their space strategy both in the midst of and in preparation for the recovery from the global pandemic. The question she's asking is, will your office space need to change after COVID-19? Listen in as she shares with a lot of passion her perspective on this critical question. She'll also highlight three specific things leaders need to consider. Check it out. I've had a long journey. I was always told by my father, and anyone that knows me well knows I quote my father a lot. He's he's one of the wisest men I know. And when I was in high school, I remember my dad saying to me, you must pick a profession that you love because it'll never be work. And, and I always, always thought that through. And I said, what makes me happy? What makes me tick? And so I always chose roles where I could be advocating for a client, advocating for their space, helping them understand what's going to make it better. So I started out in, a, in the largest interior design architecture firm in the state of Indiana. I worked there for many years doing design, construction drawings. Uh, then I got thrown into a situation. It was actually uh, Conseco back in the day. Now it's CNO. And they we're doing tons and tons of moving. And so rearranging, moving, building buildings. So thousands of people rearranged. And I thought to myself, self, this is doing exactly <laughs> what I love. And so I did a pivot and I went more into the whole facilities management, move management. I worked at a furniture company for a few years. I worked at a real estate firm. And then one day it just dawned on me that one of the vendors that I was working with very closely I wanted to go work with them. So Relocation Strategies had a gentleman named David Bays, and he's the founder. So over a, you know, we're over a 35-year-old company now. But I went to him and I said, I, I want to join your team. And he said, absolutely. I literally started on the same day that we had this conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it just came to me that I wanted to work with him. So he was one of our vendors that was kind of orchestrating everything for Conseco, and we worked very well together. So I started with him, and immediately, I'm not saying I took charge. Keep in mind, I'm the oldest child. I was the first for everything. 
And I'm, I went up to him and I said, you know, I think we need to redo all this marketing material and we need to redo this. And we, he just let me do it. And I, I kind of oh, wow. scratched my head and then, you know, fast forward, it, it's of no surprise to me at all that he tapped me on the shoulder and said, I would love for you to consider buying the business from me. And mm. I didn't even let him finish the sentence. Andrea, I said, yes. <laughs> and, you know, again, people that know me, that shouldn't surprise them because I, I know what I want and I wanted yeah. this. So it, yeah. it filled my heart with so much passion because I was mm-hmm. advocating for all these clients. We were helping them with their relocation, with their offices. We were designing it. We were um, bidding out furniture, getting them good pricing. And so it, it's kind of been going that direction ever since. So um, I, yeah. I purchased the company and it's just been a wonderful opportunity to kind of be the captain of my own ship and recruit team members and you know move forward. So it, it's just been a wonderful experience. So I've owned the company now for going on 14 years. Oh, Wow. 14 years. Does it seem like that long? You know, it it doesn't. It goes by fast. And I think it goes back to what my father said. If 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 you're really, really passionate and you love what you do, it's just not work. And mm. it's just not work. It's it's just in you. It's in my blood. And I just I so enjoy. But I think I have to give a shout out for my team because when you build mm. a team, you really have to think about what everyone's role is. So mm-hmm. as, as I built my team, I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know, I'm really not the one that wants to do the books. I'm really not the one that wants to do. And so I've always been very successful at putting the right people into roles to yeah. surround me. And I know many of the leadership classes and books talk about that. You know, you need to admit this is what I need help with. So I've surrounded myself with a, a fantastic team but I, I will say that when when you were asking me about the whole pivotal moment and to think about that, I, I have to tell you a quick story about what happened. Um, I knew that I did not have an MBA. I knew that I was a little, little teeny bit nervous about um, being asked to take over this company. So when when we did the negotiations, I literally said to David, I said, to set myself up for success, I want in this purchase agreement for you to stay on board for five years because I I need you to be by my side. Mm. So, you know, keep in mind that he asked me to buy the business only about a year and a half after I had been there. So Mm -hmm. again, I was just, I think, a little blown away. So anyway, he agreed and we had the purchase agreement all written up. And so when you asked me about that pivotal moment, I know exactly when it was. He came into my office one day, Andrea, and he said to me, turn around. And I said, what, what, is there something on my skirt? You know, what's going on? So I stood up, I'm turning (laughs) around and he looked at me and he goes, I am not holding the back of your bicycle seat anymore. Mm. He said, you are going down the street on your bicycle with your streamers and the streamers have fallen off and now you're on a 10 speed. He said, you've not come into my office for almost six months and asked me one question. Wow. And he said, I'm wow. out of here. He goes, "We, you don't need me to stay. And so at that moment, you know, just having him affirm 
that I was a leader and I was building the team and I was growing the business, I think he felt like I just, I don't need to be here. So we, we wrote up the contract, altered it. And, you know, mm-hmm. he left after about two years. Oh, wow. So, so he saw you did not need the safety net that you thought you needed initially. Yeah. I think as humans, we, we need somebody to affirm that you are doing things that you don't see sometimes, but he mm-hmm. really helped me see. And I, I'm just forever grateful to him. He also was just the absolute best friend and best boss. He, he always made me feel valued and appreciated. He was such a mentor to me because more so what he taught me, but the way he treated me. And I've really taken that to heart with my leadership skills mm-hmm. and definitely giving people room for growth and room for mistakes, room for questions, you know, and not to mention, I, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into this or not, but I will say this, everyone has employees that are going to go through messy things in life. And, and I have a messy life, Andrea. I mean, it's really messy. And, and during that time, I had gone through, you know, the loss of a child, a divorce, um, you know, selling a house, assets, buying a house, you know, a husband I had to put through, um, you know, rehab. So it, it was messy. And, you know, it's funny when, when bosses get this type of information and how they process it, and we're all just human beings. And I will say the way that he handled me and the way he treated me has really been a reflection on how I, re- how I treat my staff and how I treat most people because no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to have perfect attendance. No one's going to, you know, kill every single project out of the park. But the way he made me feel in the sense of, I know, Melissa, if you need to take some time off, you do that. And I remember showing up the next day and he says, why are you here? And I said, <laughs> I need to be here. I don't want to be home. I want to be at work. But it's the fact that he did not want me to feel that I had to be at work. So, you know, I, I have an employee. I won't mention her name, but I'll never forget. She came into the office crying um, about a year ago. And I stopped her and I said, you know, I just kind of pulled her aside and she was sobbing and she had lost her dog. And she was insistent that she wanted to be at work and she wanted to work and get the project done. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what? You just go home. It, it's all going to be okay. I just want you to go home. Because I knew that's the way David would have treated me. He would have said, go home, be with your family, do what you need to do. And then once you get that done, you can come back to the office. Well, and you started with your dad's advice and then said that you've always chosen roles that give you an opportunity to advocate. Like you are such an advocate for your teams. And it sounds like David modeled that as well. So yes. no wonder you have such a strong connection. He's modeling those things that are really important to you. Absolutely. The old adage of it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's defining who I am. You know, the, the definition of a survivor is it's not the smartest person in the room. It's not the strongest person in the room. It's the person that can adapt. So adapting is so important in terms of whether you're the boss, whether you're an employee, and, and that's what we're doing now, Andrea, with what's going on with COVID is we're all adapting. 
And some people are doing it very successfully and some people are not. You know, you, you hear people that are having a really hard time working from home with kids and animals and all kinds of things. And then you hear people that, you know what, it's working great for me and I don't ever want to go back in the office. So I foresee a very big change moving forward with how real estate is going to work. And maybe people reduce their real estate because they don't need as much because some people decide to work from home. Yeah. So what are you seeing? Like this, I mean, you're in the space strategy business, right? And, and we're, we're coming off of this like huge economic boom where it's been growth, right? For years. And, and you, so you've probably been helping businesses purchase a lot of new, new, new. Yeah. And now the world looks very different what are what are you seeing and to the to the question you've been asking like what space what space do you need after Absolutely. this Absolutely well I'll I'll tell you a call that I just got off like less than 45 minutes ago um very very large uh client here in town in the Indianapolis area and we had given them a proposal to help them design and bid out furniture, and it was probably going to be maybe two to $3 million worth of furniture. And they called today and said, we want you to change your proposal. We want you to come inventory everything. And maybe uh-huh. if we can reuse half of it, you know, we can save a million dollars. So, you know, I have to also point out, Andrea, the day <laughs> that I purchased relocation strategies, it was the first day of the recession. So I have been there, done that with this. And so when, you know, when we talk about the company, Relocation Strategies has grown by a thousand percent. The company grew during the recession, and I will tell you why. It's because of the demand for people to reuse space, reuse furniture, to try to save money, to try to get the most efficient solution, and to have people be productive is more important than ever. So I saw that in 2008, 2009. And then it got into the boom, you're right, where everybody was just loaded with with cash and buying everything new. So I see it kind of going back to where it was in maybe 2008, people being a little more thrifty with their money and trying to use what they have. Yes, absolutely, people are still going to buy new furniture, but I think they're going to really evaluate what do they need, maybe in common areas or conference areas where their clients come in. And maybe they save the desks and save the the things that can be reused in the back areas that people may not see. Well, and we've been on such an open space concept with engagement and driving cohesion and bringing people together. And I know that and I, I've, I've heard you talk about some of the controversy around that and some of the mixed reviews. But what do you think about all these open environments that large organizations have invested in? What will what will those spaces look like? So I've been very vocal about the open office, and I believe that people are human. So if 50% of people are introverts, I'm just trying to set this up here. If 50% of people are introverts, they are not huge fans of having everyone see them and have access to them and maybe have no quiet space where they can be heads down. And I know people will say, oh, well, they can go into a little study room or a little huddle room. But I know people in a lot of organizations around the city that those huddle rooms 
are full. Those phone rooms are full. People go in those rooms all day long. So in terms of, we saw this huge swing in the trend where we got rid of all of the tall walls. We're all now into low walls. 70% of all offices in America have little or no walls now. So if you're going back to work, the concern, the fear, the anxiety, if you're in a situation where you don't even have a panel across from you, you know, a person sitting across from you and there's no panel, um, there's studies that show, there's a study I have on my LinkedIn uh, in Sweden where they, they studied 1,800 people in this large organization that were all in the open office when they switched. And basically twice as many sick days were taken for people in an open office because you have no protection. You have nothing that, you know, for privacy, for germs, for sneezing. You know, we've all heard on TV about how far sneezes go now and coughing. So I see the trend reverting back that people are going to raise the panel heights. So I have tips that I've given. I have tips on my website, but the magic number for me, if, if you're in a seated position and there's a panel on the floor and it goes up above your eye level, I mean, above your head, above your eye level, a minimum of 50 inches is what I recommend because then you're not going to have somebody looking right at you. You're not going to have somebody coughing right at you. At least give that type of privacy, that perception so that people aren't as fearful. And then you have to communicate back to your staff. I mean, you have to tell them, you have to have a plan before you go back to work, Andrea. You know, for my team, I am telling them in a typed up, you know, 10 sentence, you know, very simple with my tips. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take out half the half the seats out of the conference room. We're going to limit people, you know, in the office to maybe 50%. We're going to tape off every other chair so that, you know, in our office, everybody's not right on top of each other. Our panels are already 53 inches high because I was an advocate for giving someone a little bit of privacy so that they can be heads down and not have that visual distraction of people walking by. And then all you do, Andrea, is stand up and say, hey, Sally, you know, do you have that you know, report? Because if you stand up, you can talk to the person in front of you. But when you're in a seated position, you have that security and, and a little bit more private situation. So I talked to a CFO of a large company and he said, you know, we've been told to get rid of all the private offices and all be out in the open. And he said, I worked in an environment like that at my last job. He said, I was always needing to be on calls that were confidential. He said, Melissa, I was on 17 calls a day one day. I counted. He said, I had to go do it out in a stairwell because those those damn little huddle booths were all full. And I said, so do you think that was productive for you to be in a stairwell for 17 calls in one day? He said, absolutely not. He goes, in the new office, I will have an office. (laughs) So, you know, I believe that surveying people and asking them, what do you need to be productive? And then you gather all that data, you you put it in a pie chart and it's all anonymous. And you say, these people need to have confidentiality. These people are in HR. These people are finance. You know, yes, maybe these people collaborate, but hey, let's give them 50, 50 to 55 inch high panels where they can heads down, do their, you know, crunch out work, and then they can stand up and stretch and talk to the person account in front of them, or they can walk into a conference room. 
Yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of our largest clients that, you know, coming off of really good years, like invested heavily in complete overhauls of their space, you know, created these beautiful open concept spaces with these collaboration galleys and it's beautiful space. But I, I got to imagine right now they're thinking like, oh gosh, we've in, just invested in this. What do we do? I have a video on my website that I talked about this almost a year ago. And I said, beautiful does not equal productive. <laughs> and and you can have it be as beautiful as you want. But if you are not productive, right now, Andrea, we are at an all-time low. This is pre-COVID. We were at, a, we were at an all-time low for productivity in America. And I directly associate that to we've put everybody out into the open and a lot of people just don't feel comfortable and they don't like it. Yes, there's people that like it, but I do feel like there needs to be a balance. So yes, you can still have some of those open areas, but especially now with COVID, you have to have a plan. You can get stackers that can stack on top of the desk or you can get stackers that stack on top of any panel. And I know they're on like five-day quick ship. You know, all these manufacturers are trying to solve this, this situation but if you have at least that safety factor, you know, you think of the pyramid of, of, you know, when we learned when we were little on what people need, you know, the whole needs assessment and people need to feel safe. So give that to your teams, give them a communication plan that, you know, before they come back to work and say, we're going to raise the panels, we're going to tape off the floors so that everybody maybe walks in a counterclockwise direction so people aren't passing each other. Maybe we put signs up that say, you know, the North stairwell is up and the South stairwell is down and conference, we're going to do Zoom on all the calls, even though we're in the office. But if we have to be together, there's only going to be maybe three to four people in a conference room at a time. And we're going to take out every other chair, have a plan. I'm going to have my office disinfected before we all go back. Because I think my team would appreciate that. They would feel, they'd feel secure. It's how they feel. And once everyone gets back to that feeling of, you know, ah, I'm back to work and, you know, I feel good, then everybody's going to get back to normal and get back to high productivity levels. And as the owner, that's what we want. We want our team productive and employee engagement. It needs to be up. And again, I know the statistics and you know as well, we've been at an all-time low for employee engagement. It's, it's difficult to get people engaged. Well, make them feel safe. Yeah. You know, when, when you think about um, particular institutions that have this kind of long held belief of uh, working from home is cheating or <laughs> we're not going to be productive, or I think we're, we're seeing now that that's just not the case. On NPR this morning, they were talking about the government, the Social Security Administration, and how their backlog has become so much shorter since their thousands of employees are working from home. They're a lot more productive. Yeah. So I think this is just, this, this whole thing is challenging the way we work. And certainly space is a huge part of that. It, it all goes back to how does your employee feel? And again, I have an employee that has three little kids. She's about to, to, you know, strangle herself because she wants back in the office so bad. She can't wait to come back. And then you have people that are just loving it. You know, that, that right. they're flying, they're flying colors, they're soaring because they're getting so much done. Because you think about how many daily interruptions you have 
I mean, I talked to one of my clients and she says, Melissa, you know what I think? She goes, I'm getting in a good five hours of work every day. And she goes, and it's good. It's solid. She goes, because then I'm cutting out all this drive time, going to see clients. I'm cutting out, um, you know, chitter chatter. I'm talking, you know, and I know that cutting out chitter chatter, you have to have that with your coworkers because that builds culture. And so, you know what, you have a Zoom call every day and everybody gets on for 30 minutes and they all talk about their struggles or weekend or whatever, Cinco de Mayo or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and, and then you move on. But she says, I'm getting yeah. five hours of really great productivity every day. Yeah. She said, I don't want to go back yeah. to the office. Well, so it goes back to your, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of synthesizing this down into like these, these three key things. And, you know, you, you, you said over and over, well, and it goes back to, we can connect this back to your story about David, like really understanding what was going on with the team. Like you got to start with understanding what's happening with your team. How do they feel? What their situation is? Then identify a plan and you've referenced some, some tips that you have on your website. I think that's a great resource because there's just, I think it's overwhelming for a lot of business leaders to think about like, okay, what do we do when there's so much information out there? So I love how you simplified it into these 10 tips and then communicate that plan. Yes. I mean, is, it, is that a simple way to synthesize? Absolutely. And, and I have to throw out, and again, this leaders have to be courageous right now. They have to flex that leadership muscle because again, going back to the employee experience, if you have them feel safe and you do all the things that you just said, you are setting yourself up for huge success because again, we're all human and everyone has a little bit of fear inside, even though somebody says they may not be fearful, but it's the unknown. You know, maybe they're unknown you know, the, the unknown is they're afraid of losing their job. They don't know what's happening. So I know that communication, it starts with that. And if you I love that. let your people know, I firmly believe the transition will go well. I do too. And I think, you know, you were talking about David and then the the story about you and this, this team member that um, had lost her dog and it's empathy. And I, 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 I see, I'm curious your perspective on this, Melissa. I think people, uh, a lot of leaders think that empathy is like taking on the feelings of, of others. And it's not, right? Empathy is about understanding how someone's feeling and then weaving their feelings, validating their feelings through your response. Yeah. So it, it, it could be, because it could be that the, the space solution isn't going to work for everyone, but we've heard you. And in communicating our plan, we're going to acknowledge that we've heard you. So at least you feel validated in the process. And we've got some plans to support you through the transition. Absolutely. We, we actually, right now in my office, we're having a survey go out to all of my team to see if we can rearrange our office to help people feel safe in terms of, you know, let's give this survey out and see what everybody has to say. And when you let people have a voice, it makes them feel important. It makes them feel heard instead of it more of a dictatorship, you know, tell us. And maybe you have people on your staff that, that are in that high risk category. So maybe they don't want to come in at all. So I highly suggest surveying people and ask them what they, what they want. 
Yeah. yeah. To at least give them a voice and to understand. Otherwise, we could easily make assumptions. Yeah. Everyone's different. No one is the same. No one works the same. And that's what makes us all beautiful. You know, we're all, we're all different. If everyone was the same, that would be no fun at all. There are two working moms in my life that I'm very close with that have kids about the same age. They each have three young kids. And one of them is really appreciative of all the time she's getting with her young kids. Absolutely. The other one says, like, this is why I'm not a work this is why I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Uh, like I just can't I just can't do it. Like I'm more productive. I'm healthier when I when I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so we could easily make assumptions. You know, everyone's reality is a little different right now. So I like your idea of the survey. And 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 not to mention, Andrea, is that even if let's just pretend, you know, we we got the go ahead and we can come back to work, let's say next week or whatever. I have staff that say they don't have childcare. Mm -hmm. So of course I'm going to let them continue working from home. That's why I think, you know, reaching out to each individual person to find out what their situation is. Maybe they're taking care of a loved one or, you know, my father and mother are living with my sister right now because we pulled my dad out of a nursing home. So my sister is, you know, (laughs) she's got her hands full right now. Yeah. Everyone's reality is a little different. Absolutely. It can't go back to business as normal because we're just in a different world right now. But I have found that the more you care for your team, the more you really care, the more productive they are because they, they want to do, they want to do well. They want to succeed and, and you're all interlocked together arm in arm. And it's not, me versus them. It's we're all a team. So yeah. I've loved our our Zoom calls, our, you know, being silly games. I mean, we've thought of some fun things to do. And what's the funnest thing you guys have done? Via we Zoom? did a show and tell. So literally everybody went around their house and showed like a fun thing about <laughs> their house that they, you know, I just redid my fireplace. So I'm a designer and I showed them the tile and I was showing them what it looked like before I had pictures and um, we did that. And, you know, I had somebody pull out 25 different decks of cards. I did not know that Lisa collected cards. It was hilarious. She had, you know, from every uh, single country or, okay. you know, trip she's been on, you know, people collect things. So show and tell. And I think, you know, when you can see your staff and see who they are and what makes them tick, mm-hmm. that's something I didn't do before. I didn't, I didn't know what they collected in their homes or, you know, yeah. a home project they did. That's such a silver lining that we're getting to peer into the lives of people that we work with every single day, that we we just saw this one side of them. We're getting to peer into their lives. I so appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I will just say I have been so blessed to be able to have time with my 14-year-old because that's such a pivotal age where, you know, where they... I'm sure get to be like 16, 17, and they don't want to spend time with the parent. They want to be in their room. And he he comes and taps on my, you know, door and he says, <laughs> Hey, can we go play pickleball now? You know, and so, you know, I'm like, all right, my lunch hour, let's go play pickleball. And it's it it just makes me smile because I've really had a good time hanging with him. That's so great. Well, Melissa, thank you so much. I mean, there's so many good takeaways and I can't wait to check out your website and to dive into these tips. It'll help me with the plan that we're putting together for our staff. The biggest takeaway is this power of empathy. I mean, you started with that, with David's example, his leadership, 
that he modeled for you and then how you've really carried that forward in your leadership because that's who you are also. But then right now, like how important it is for leaders to understand how their employees are feeling. Yeah. Then you're in a position to put a plan together. And the last thing, and then communicating that plan clearly so everyone knows where we're going and what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. If our listeners want to connect with you, Melissa, what's the best way to do that? So I'm on LinkedIn, Melissa St. John and relocationstrategies.com. All of our contact information is on there as well. Awesome. And the tips that you referenced today, they'll be able to find them there. Those are under um, just articles and press. There's a tab. Yeah. And all those tips are on there. And then there's an IBJ article. So there's some good stuff on there. Great. You are such a dynamo, my friend. Thank you for being you. Thank you. You have a great, safe day. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.